Hi guys, welcome to Belief Alchemy with Megan O'Neill. Every week I'll be sitting down to interview visionary women who will teach us how to have a more magical mindset and to create greater possibility in our lives and in our business. All right. Welcome, welcome Anne-Marie. Nice to see your face. We have nice been to two ships in the night. So this is exciting because you are a podcast virgin, as you just told me, which is thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> Never on a podcast. So welcome. Welcome. So I always ask my guests to start by introducing themselves. Well, thanks for having me, Megan. Um, yes, I'm a podcast virgin. So hopefully I won't uh, stumble over my words too, too much or forget what I, the train of thought or things like that, that I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. So anyway, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Anne-Marie Gruden, and I have been a professional photographer for over 30 years now. And um, it's had many, my career's had many shifts and takeovers and, you know, or ebbs and flows. And, but I've always been a people photographer. And in the last five to eight years, I've focused on my, my core origins of what I was photographing when I was in Calgary. I started in Calgary, moved to Ottawa in 2000, and I've been here ever since. And I love it. It's an amazing city to work and be in. Um, but yeah, my, my, my origin working was in fashion, commercial, I don't want to say branding because branding wasn't a word then <laughs> it's, it's yeah. much more of a word now. Um, but my focus has shifted to branding, commercial, working with people, lifestyle work. And it's, it's evolved to a point where I, I have a very niche market, but I love the people that I work with and they find me and we make amazing images and I hopefully enhance their businesses and see them their their businesses evolve because of the work we've done together and to me it's a two-part equation if it can't all just be me it has to be the people that i'm working with as well because when they're invested we get that much better images and stuff out of it um and about five years ago i started having a dream about how i was going to not retire from photography but how the how the how my um career would evolve to a point where I wouldn't have to always shoot to earn money because you know you take lots of amazing photos etc cetera, etc cetera. so I started actually uh investigating stock photography but not like the big getty images and eye stock and shutter stock and all of those things because to me those are very you know one-off great images um so I created this company called Magnolia and Sage, not as a passive income, but, you know, sit side by side. I shoot branding for a client. They have really beautiful images that are tailored to them, their business, et cetera, et cetera. But with the way uh, social media websites, there's an evolving need to have really great imaging all the time. <laughs> every day like every time you make a social post you need a new image but it doesn't always have to be you and your business it just has to be images that align with your business because it can be just a hand and a pencil on a notepad or someone having a coffee cup or talking about a topic or a subject so that's why i created magnolia and sage and they 
they work hand in hand. And it's been a, a really cool, fun project. I finally was able to launch it in 2020 when we all got told to sit at our desks for three months. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. actually that's how I met you. Yeah. Was I joined. Yeah. And I love your images, but I just want to get into, cause I know with so many entrepreneurial women, there's so many different, especially creative ones, the creatives, as I call you yeah. creative professionals, you guys have all these incarnations. Let's be honest, <laughs> right. True. True. <laughs> Which is, is natural. And I think, yeah. um, I've said it again and again on this, on this podcast that, uh, most of the entrepreneurs I know are very creative and have a great visual ability, a great right brain dominant type of existence. Right. Yeah. And, but this started your first sort of, I, I guess your first job or your first training was in the art world though. You were a visual arts major. Yeah, I studied at Alberta College of Art and Design, and I majored in photography, minored in printmaking, and it was very much, but Al Alberta College of Art was a, also a commercial art school, similar to OCAD in Toronto. Um, so we were trained to be commercial artists as well, to actually how to make money. Right. Yeah. Because that's a big deal. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, take what you take what you do. But then there was training in our third and fourth year to actually how to monetize that so that we weren't left with, oh, yeah, here's some pretty pictures to put on a wall and try to sell them or, you know, book um, showings and whatnot and work the the actual like art market. We could we could be commercial and have clients and, you know, get actual paying jobs. And did you go out on your own? from the very beginning or did you work for someone when you first got out of, of art college? I, a bit of both. I had three jobs. Hmm. <laughs> well, and, and once you leave as well, like, you know, back in 1990, there wasn't a whole lot of full-time jobs as a photographer. So what do you do? You, you kind of, you know, do something to pay the rent. Um, and then I had a, a internship at a, fairly large studio, Gerard Yunker. Um, and he took me on as a junior shooter. And um, so I had a space and a learning curve. I mean, I was still shooting as a photographer, but it was under, under the umbrella of another company. And that taught me a lot about how to actually do hands-on business stuff, like quoting clients, writing invoices, following up, nurturing all of those things you don't really learn when you're just learning the trade um and then of course I was doing stuff on my own and then I took a good old waitressing job <laughs> to pay the rent and I I did that for a number of years until you know photography was paying it paying the bills 100 and um I never did anything like that once I moved to Ottawa but yeah it was there for a good five years <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah, I worked in the film industry. So I, you know, saw a lot of artists who took jobs yeah. that, that funded their art. So that was, yeah. you know, the majority of actually people in film. But, you know, a question that I always ask um, people coming on my podcast is what belief did you struggle with initially going into the world of photography and, and on your own, not working for uh, the huge company? I don't know if I... I don't, I don't know. Cause at that, at that time too, there wasn't really mindset called entrepreneur. It was just self-employed right. and it was a do or die and you jump in and you do it. 
And when there's not a lot of other options, you kind of fumble around in the dark a lot. And it wasn't really even until I'd say 10 years ago that I took control and started to shift the kind of work that I wanted to shoot and be, and felt more entrepreneurial, right? And entrepreneurial yeah. meaning you're shaping the scope of your business, you're setting your website up to attract a certain client, you're doing specific promotions to get the kind of work that you want to do. And yeah, so for the longest time, I think it was just more like I'm self-employed and this is what I do and hopefully the clients come in. Um, you know, back in the days of, <laughs> we didn't advertise on Facebook, we had yellow page ads. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You just gave me a light bulb. I, I think that's a great definition of entrepreneurship, what you just said. And it was very true for me as well. Yeah. I think that, you know, I also think I had zero guidance and I think the entrepreneurial world online really helped me to understand so much more, Absolutely. but one, yeah, like, uh, and even in terms of, um, having entrepreneurial friends has been a mm -hmm. godsend too, because yeah. part of the reason why I started with entrepreneurs, it, I mean, my dad was an entrepreneur, but it's also very lonely and it can be hard on your mindset as you know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. When I discovered you, um, I love photography. You know, I really do love my, my husband was a photography major and uh, was in lighting in film. So I yeah. have been exposed and interestingly enough, so this is where we wonder whether or not it's in the genes until recently, Kevin, he didn't know his maternal grandfather because his mom's parents divorced when he was a baby, yeah. but yeah. the grandfather ended up being a photographer. And oh. I, we never knew that until recently. That's cool. Is it in the genes? Is like is art is artistic ability and talent in the genes? I believe so because yeah. I have a number of relatives that have picked up cameras or paintbrushes, and and they love it. And they've just not decided to do. And they're really good. They've just not decided to do it as their career as their income. Even my children, two of them have picked up cameras and have an amazing eye. And they should, they second shot weddings with me a few summers. They would never do it as a living because after one summer, they were like, I'm done with it. I'm never doing this again. Yeah. <laughs> but I swear the images that they produced for me as second shooters were better than some of the kids that I got out of college as second shooters because they just innately saw things and composition and lighting and and that's half of what photography is a good image is is about knowing composition lighting and when to take that the, the, the picture right but that translates into any any visual medium whether it's design illustration printmaking you know i just because i when i went to art college i got to study all of those things and photography was my favorite way to produce images right. or, or create visual things. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, and I do believe it's in, it's a hereditary thing because I have cousins that have picked up video cameras and cameras and, and they're amazing. Like they, so it's, it's in the gene pool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I'm glad yeah. my kids I, I seem to be showing that. So one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, there's so many things that I want to talk to you about, but I can come on again. I know. I know. <laughs> Once I'm not a podcast virgin, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're done. You're laid baby. But one of the things that, <laughs> that I wanted to talk to you about specifically, because I think 
there's a lot of entrepreneurial uh, women like me who we hear about the word branding and, you know, there's like all there's advertisements about branding or there's people talking about branding. And I think that a lot of people kind of get the concept of it, but do we really understand what it means? So can you no. just do a brand? <laughs> no, I'm sure. So do a branding one-on-one -on -one for us. Well, brand, branding is definitely a buzzword, right? And it's like, oh, it's on brand or it's, oh, this. And, it, and it's like, so brand, I actually just posted this morning, brand versus branding. Brand means it, it's your, it's the promise you make to your customers. It's the quality, the service experience. It's your core values, your mission statement. And you know, when you think about your reputation, what customers think about your business, it's what distinguishes you from other companies. So that's your brand. Branding is when you take all of those elements and you wrap it up into your logos and your websites and your presentation. It's in, it's in the visual, it's in the tangible items. So it, you have to distinguish what your core values and your mission statement is, and you live to that. So if you think about even Tim Hortons versus Starbucks, two completely different brands, but they both sell, serve coffee. But when you, when you know, you, you know the difference because of the way you're treated in the customer experience, the dollar value, the, like there, there's a lot of different elements that make up, like you, you can see a commercial and know that that's a Tim Hortons ad. You know Starbucks based on the experience as well. Like, so, so that's, that's a basic brand versus branding. Um, how, how deep do you want me to go into this? Well, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because there's a woman who was talking about branding and I follow her on um, Instagram and in mm. her newsletter. And so she, her, it seems that the thing she always does is she has this very strong yellow that she's chosen. So everything mm. has to do with that yellow, like she'll wear a yellow something. So mm. I'm assuming that's branding. Yeah. So like you look, I'm going to go back to Starbucks. They have the, the green mermaid and that's their icon. That's their logo. It's had transitions and shifts, but it still goes back to that core basic logo. Do you know what I mean? And, and it, it, it holds itself true. Like even if it takes design transitions through different ad campaigns and stuff. So that is a visual part that that's part of the branding. So that's part of the, knowing that oh okay so she, but in her branding or in her messaging you're going to see a similar tone and a feel to the words that go along with that yellow yeah so the words and and the message that we give out also go to our core values and what your company's about yeah uh, I, and i think and we talked a lot about this when you were coming to um photograph me Mm -hmm. and and the type of work that I do and and the feeling that you might get from me yeah but I was thinking about even um how everything has changed and how much more in demand photos are Absolutely. like over from when we started you were talking about um when I was 20 years ago that I did and I was doing yeah print ads yeah in like yeah. the local magazine or whatever yeah. in Toronto and how now so much of, of marketing has to do with like Instagram and Pinterest for service for a lot of service-based people like myself. Yeah, so, absolutely. And yeah. 
well, that's why I developed Magnolia and Sage because a all like, especially for my branding clients like yourself, we've done this set of images that are on brand for you. Well, if I, you go and you've done, you've bought Magnolia and Sage as well, all the images in there are photographed by myself. So there's a similar look and feel. So when you start to inject them into all your Instagram ads or, you know, your Instagram posts, social media marketing, any of your ads, there's going to be a similar flavor and look and feel to those images, right? So it will keep you on brand. Um, it's also really good to pull images that tell the story or visually speak to the message that you want to portray as well. And, um, you know, that's just as important as staying, as picking pretty pictures. Yeah. And, and let's give an example that you, you did for me because yeah. I am redoing my sales pitch. Actually, I'm going to redo my whole website. So, <laughs> and it, so eventually people get an example if they want to look, but yeah. when we were going through it, I said to you, um, I want to convey abundance or, um, financial abundance, mm -hmm. financial growth. Yeah. And so a lot of times to me, that was a tough one to convey and yeah. your answer, you, you sent me pictures. Do you remember the pictures that you were telling me yeah. to look at? Yeah. So let's start like, it's not about a pile of money, right? Abundance is because some people are happy living off of $30,000 a year, but it's, it's that place. It's that place of peace. It's where it's like, where to me, abundance is doing the things I like to do or living in that peaceful state of mind. Is it living by the water in a cottage for the rest of my life? You know what I mean? So abundance is a state of mind. Right. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing, if you are a person who's trying to perhaps create more of a brand or rebrand, mm -hmm. someone who's listening to this, yeah, what would, so you would tell them to really focus in on what are your core values? Tell me what you think they should do. Yeah. First, first off is to, and actually I, this is a, one of my next things I want to develop is, a, is an actual guidebook, how to establish your brand before you get to your logo. That's the last thing you do. So, and the colors you pick, actually there's, there's language in colors as well. So, you know, like blue is cool, calm, like they subliminally give us messaging without us even knowing about it. Right. So yeah, it's, it's coming up with your core values, your mission statement, what you believe and what you want, how you want your, your potential clients to like, what purpose are you, why do they want to buy from you? Do you know what I mean? Like, why, why would they buy from me versus host talk? Like what, what, and I've just had to do this with my social media manager. She's like, why would people buy from you and not from Hotstock? <laughs> so I had to give her an answer. And it was, it's really hard to like, why the why? So for me, my images I came up with, they're authentic, they're heartfelt. Um, they look like they came from a day in the life magazine versus off the runway. Like they, they're a touch of reality. And so it's true to my core natures, my values. And when you put yourself out there like that, once you define those things, you have to believe that there's enough people on this planet that are going to believe in it and they're going to find you. And, you know, you will find your tribe. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
but you have to stick to it. Otherwise you look flaky and you look wishy-washy because if you kind of stray from those core values in that mission statement, people aren't going to trust you because by staying true to those things and staying on brand is, is another buzz term that you hear. Um, people, it builds trust and people listen to you because, so if you kind of keep changing your message every three months or every two weeks, people are like, well, where's she going now? (laughs) You know, they lose interest and they walk away. So that's why branding is really in heart, you know, like it it builds trust. I totally, I can totally understand what you're talking about your values, because as you were saying that I was thinking of the companies that I have supported throughout time. Like what, mm-hmm. have I, what have I stuck to? Yeah. And I'm just thinking about like years ago, I bought a Patagonia, like 25 years ago, I bought my yeah. first Patagonia and I had to buy it <laughs> because I was camping and I needed something desperate. And it was really expensive. Yeah. I was like, oh, they're still and really expensive. <laughs> it's, still, it's still really expensive, but yeah. every single time they make a move yeah. in terms of their corporate values, which yeah. are environmentalism, social justice, et cetera. Yeah even though it's really expensive, I feel good about the purchase that I made. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, So you're supporting, you're supporting their values and because it aligns with you. Right. 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 And that's what we're trying to convey. Yeah. And even though I'm just a single solo entrepreneur, my values, people will hopefully see them and align with me and buy from me but it doesn't matter whether you're big or small, like you still have values and you still need to stick to them. Yeah. And I guess what helped me when you and I were going through the photos of, of um, what I wanted to convey visually in terms of who I am and then who do I serve was Mm -hmm. my ideal client. And so when you were, when I was picking photos, I had one photo where it, this is your kids in the photo, by the way, that they're jumping (laughs) off the dock into the water. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very Canadian scene, by the way, but it, <laughs> it, it's my clients want to be able to women, because I serve women entrepreneurs, want to be yeah. able to provide financially for their children and, and be able to support a cottage or support a vacation to wherever. Yeah. yeah. So that was the imagery that I chose um, as well as many other ones. But I think it's, um, I think that if you're a regular Joe like me or a regular Jean like me. Yeah you don't really have any concept of branding. So I'm really happy to speak to you about this today. What else do we have to understand? Because I'm thinking, I know that there's a lot of copy people that were talking about branding in terms of copy, but Mm. visually, I think it's actually even more important nowadays. Um, Well, you want brand recognition, right? right? You want people to recognize you, Starbucks versus Tim Hortons. Um, what makes you different, what makes you unique. Um, And then you want it memorable because we're visual people. We remember a photo or a movie much more than we remember the title of it even. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So you, so you have to have the two that, that, that align, you need the words, but you need the the imagery as well. And even if it's just like an underlay, over top like text and your messaging is sitting on top and you and it's just a subtle something in the background um you know you you want to keep it memorable so that people people remember you and uh yeah 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 and even you know you and I, I was talking to you about 
the importance of LinkedIn because I think LinkedIn LinkedIn is is an untapped resource for many women entrepreneurs, especially creatives. By the way, yeah, because- I'm I'm on there, but I haven't I have not really on there yet. Like I've not been active, and it's hard to pick the platforms. You know, it is. Have, people, but are I want to tell you something. On- I okay. want to tell you something about LinkedIn because this is related to our conversation. Mm. When you look at my um, my metrics of mm-hmm. people looking at my stuff. Mm-hmm. If I do, because if I put a graphic up with a picture in it, there's yeah. no way that it doesn't get way more clicks than if I don't. Right. So Absolutely. even on LinkedIn, where you think it's like this bland old man, old white man, <laughs> crotchety <laughs> forum, and it still is to a certain degree, but it's like well, everything in, else. In it's Ottawa, changing. it's so high tech or government. Right? Yeah. So. <laughs> But there's still people like it's still modern day, right? Like it's still yeah. people are. It's not the same as as before. I guess I'm realizing the power of images mm. and telling a story and just, you know, it's so interesting. What popped into my mind right away because I was watching last night a story on this mm. was a photojournalist talking about some of the, the photos that you and I have seen coming out of Ukraine. Because while we're doing this this podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Ukrainian fight is continued on, so we know how powerful images are in telling a story. Mm. right yeah absolutely yeah yeah like it like i honestly couldn't imagine a world without it no 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 <laughs> you know? no I should, i've never insured my eyes but yeah i couldn't imagine no but you have it. a you also in your photos mm. you in your in this is i'm talking about your stock photos which is magnolia and it's, yeah. if, it's too bad people can't see the photo behind you because it's a beautiful magnolia that you have. But um, women, it's it's women focused. You made a decision, I'm yeah. assuming, that you were going to focus in on women. Talk to me about yeah. making that decision. Actually, it goes even bigger than that. It goes into niching down my photo, photo industry as well. I yeah. feel that in this day and age, people have if you just, it, so for the longest time, I, I had everything I shot on my website, making me look like a generalist. So I had some newborn, I had some family, I had maternity, some commercial, a little bit of wedding, like the, the whole gamut, all people oriented. And I'm really good at all of the different facets. But as soon as I narrowed it down to branding and commercial and primarily women, I have been, I haven't been as booked as I've been. Because people want to know that you're an expert in your field. So Magnolia and Sage, yeah, I could have gone for the whole eye stock, Getty images, let's do everything for everybody. But people really want to know that they're hiring an expert. You know, it's like when you go to Nordique, you know the experience you're going to have. But if suddenly they became, you know, I don't know, maybe this is a bad example, but like suddenly if they went and said, oh yeah, by the way, you can get your chiropractic treatment here too. Would you really book that there? Or would you just book that beautiful spa experience? You know, Yeah. or, oh, get your dental cleaning while you're at Nordique. <laughs> it's like, okay. you're never going to do that. <laughs> so I was just there on Friday and I just want to let anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about in Ottawa, we have like a Scandinavian style outdoor spa with whirlpools and saunas and steam rooms and it's all outside in our beautiful uh ontario um shield and trees and but i was there in a snow i was it's gore it is so gorgeous but i was there in a snowstorm so that was a new experience for me but anyway it was hilarious but i also (laughs) want to talk about you know something that you did for me that you made me also think about i mean the, the photos um you really had me 
you really had me thinking in a way that I never have before about my photo. So I really appreciate oh, that. Yeah, it was good. great. Um, but you also did more than that. So I want to talk about, there's also the aspect that you did for me um, was you did branding. You took it a step further where you talked to me about um, my colors. You talked to me about my fonts. I mean, there's a yes. lot of different talk to me about that. Well, that's bringing in all your visuals as well, because your fonts and uh, your color palette, co like, like I mentioned a, a few minutes ago, um, colors have their own language. So the color colors that you pick speak to the audience, the tone, the, the, that, that you want to portray as well. And mixing up your fonts like you want to stay consistent because fonts colors and photos they make up the visuals too like on your website so you want it to be cohesive and sometimes like you know you pick a script or a handwritten but only in fun flirty little moments you don't want you, you want it to be you want to have a flow and a visual flow and fonts are part of that can i ask you is that because you want people to automatically be able to identify it's you. Is that the philosophy behind it? Well, when you, yeah, because like, you know, if you have a font that you've purchased and you use that on your social media, on an Instagram post, and then you use it on your website and then you want to use it over here, they'll recognize that, oh yeah, that's Megan's work. Like, so if you kind of keep changing them and switching them up, they don't look, it, it, it's like, oh, she's changing her messaging. So Perfect. it's like Starbucks, they've always had that green mermaid. Sometimes it changes depending on the ad campaign, but it always goes back to that one standard thing, right? I mean, and that's a huge commitment. Coca-Cola, like it, it, if, you, if you look at the really big advertising companies, they stick to some pretty basic rules and they always stay true to them so that you know that when you're looking at it, they're on brands. The Nike swoosh is another one. Um, you can see a Nike ad coming from you from miles away and you didn't even know, like it was just, it's the way it's, it's filmed, it's toned, the swoosh, like all of that, <laughs> and you know, right. and you know, right. So it all plays a role in that visual perception and you can have a lot of fun with fonts and colors and give it to them in like little chunks of sound bites. Just like we grab an image and it speaks 2000, like a thousand words in one image, you, people don't like to read these days. So it has to be a nice, bold header, easy to read because people are lazy and they just want to grab it. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, I love that. No, this is excellent information. One thing I also wanted to ask you that I have noticed that I have been not particularly good at is um, telling the story about me in terms right. of photos of myself. And right. I know that there, I look at some people on um, some of the big entrepreneurs, online entrepreneurs, and they are often taking pictures of themselves and their lifestyle. And I think that's been tough for me, although maybe I should take a picture of my messy room right now. <laughs> I don't know if I, I hate it. Like, I don't like being on camera myself and I don't think my brand is all about me. Yes. Sometimes like, you know, we need to show up occasionally and show your face, but I think uh, for me, it's all about my work. It's not about what my hair looks like. 
you know, or how clean my house is, or it, it's about the images that I'm producing and the people that I'm working with. And that to me is my brand and my brand messaging. And it's funny that you asked this because I've started creating reels and video clips on Magnolia and Sage because we're not all those Jillian Harris with the, with the Jilly box and stuff. Like I, I that's not me. And if I showed up, I'd be like, <laughs> like I just, I, I freeze when that stuff happens. Right. Cause I don't, you know, I want to be the wallflower or the fly in the room and, and observing and documenting. I don't want to be the one on center stage. So I think there's ways around that with, you know, taking and creating reels. And I found a little Canva hack that, you know, they let you animate things and then you can export it as an MP4 and upload it as a reel. And there you go. <laughs> so yeah. I figured out a Canva hack and posting in later, et cetera, et cetera, to not, so to play the video game, you know, where you show up and you create all these lovely animated reels. But I don't think we always have to show up as the brand like our faces per se. Okay, I'm really glad you said that because that has been a real challenge for me because I always think of my work about other people as well. I feel like, I, you know, obviously it's, it's, I have a special niche myself and a special talent. Yeah. And I see but, you as who you're helping, how you're helping them and where you're getting them to. You're getting them from A to over here and being successful. It's not about how you made your coffee in the morning. Yeah. You know? Yeah, or, and I'll oh, follow in my footsteps and you'll be the same. It's it's actually about them. And as soon as we kind of put it out there as them, as our clients and how we're serving them, then I don't think we need to show up and do all the silly things. I don't I'm not into dancing around in front of my phone camera. Well, you know what is is <laughs> it, yeah, I yeah, and I'm I'll not do a good, this. I, I'm not you a good dancer. <laughs> I tried, I'm trying, but one thing that's really interesting that you said that has been very true for me is that um, I love like a hot pink, like a fuchsia pinks, like all that sort of thing. And yeah. the, 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 the story behind that is that when I was growing up in the 70s and my parents were kind of at the height of their extravagance and their lifestyle and their happiness, to be honest, my mother used to wear that color a lot. And when she entertained, oh, nice. when she entertained as a hostess. Yeah. So I... Um, I associate that color with abundance, with wealth, with money. Like it's, it's a very personal color to me as That's well. That's really as interesting. The, That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So that, that, that often comes out in my branding. It's consistent in terms of always been consistent in terms of my branding, but I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to ask you something that you and I talked about on a personal level. So sure. I hope you, I hope you don't mind, but anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> come and talk to me. But you know, one of the things that you said to me, and um, we were talking about being mothers and running a mm. business. And I think a lot of people who are going to be listening to this um, are mothers. And I think it's always been, especially back in the old days when my kids were young, because they're older now, um, there was no support. Like it's not this mompreneurs. There was none of that that I knew of anyway. It was just no. a very different time period. And I always felt like a bit of a, a pull to go back and forth. And there wasn't the strategies that I think younger women are given now. Right. Um, and permission even to, to right. do something. Right. And what, what you said to me that kind of made me feel happy, I guess, is when you said, <laughs> is we were talking about your kids having grown up now and they're yeah. at university or they're out on their own now and yeah. how your business um, grew after the birds left the nest. Can you talk about that to me? 
Oh, absolutely. Like, so for a lot of time, for a number of years, like you're saying, you know, you've got this, you feel like you're wearing all these different hats. And I felt like I was on a hamster wheel because I would do my, my job to earn the money, to pay the bills. And to me, that was more self-employment rather than entrepreneur, because since they've flown the coop, I feel I've been able to put that entrepreneur hat on and really steer the career without fear of losing all my clients and start to get picky and choosy and go, no, I really want to focus on this. I really want to shoot this, not, not everything that comes in the door. Um, but yeah, there was, there was definite guilt moments where, you know, you're, you're busy doing the job and the shooting and you, and you try to compartmentalize and you put them in their corners and you get them in their summer camps and their after school activities. So you've got the five minutes to do your job and, and maybe do some client maintenance. And then, uh, and then, then you have to turn on your mom hat and, and then, you know, and your marriage hat. And there's very little left over to do any dreaming or planning. And since they've left, it's opened up a whole other cavity or like a whole other chunk of time that now you really can plan and you can dream and you can execute and steer your career um, and and build your business as to how how it best suits you and the kind of clients that you want to serve. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. And you know what? I'm so glad that you said it because there's so many of my girlfriends right now, just simply because our kids are just one year away from going to university. Right. We're starting down the emptiness uh, feeling syndrome. And so I'm going to make them listen to this because I think this will really help them. And I I can I'm actually like, I don't want to sound like it was a chore or a job, but I've not been affected by the empty nest like that because it's like, oh, okay, they're fine. They've, they're doing their thing. We check in, but now I just have this, like, you can do all these other things now because you don't have to do the pickups and the drop-offs and the get them to work and make sure they're doing their homework and cook dinners and like massive grocery shops. And we don't have to do that anymore. And it's like breathing some fresh air. And there's also some time for a little thing called self-care, whether it's just sitting and reading a book for an hour or, you know, going at four o'clock, it's like, I'm done for the day. You know, like that never happened five years ago. It was always crazy mayhem. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think so. I I was kind of excited to be honest, um, Mm. to hear that. Um, but one of the things, the, one of the last things I always ask my guests is what belief do you have now, or what have you cultivated that helps you grow your, or your, you know, grow in your life or in your business? Well, the big one for me that I don't even know how or when it got cultivated, and maybe it's that shift between going from being self-employed to an entrepreneur and putting out your products, your, you know, who you're going to serve, how, how you're going to do it and all of those things. It comes down to believing in yourself. Because if you don't believe in yourself and you don't believe in your product, you're not going to go anywhere. So, and I think it's true for any entrepreneur, anyone, any business, because you have to believe in your product. You have to go, yeah, this is going to make a difference in someone's life. Otherwise it's, yeah, like it's not going to go anywhere. It's just gonna, you're, you're going to be in that self-comparative 
And it's not easy because I still do it. I look at the other people that have been around for 10 years and mine's two, <laughs> like with Magnolia and Sage and go, hmm, I, I really want to be doing that. How come I don't have those ideas yet, right? But I also have to allow myself to grow and breathe and get there, but maybe on my own path and in my own journey and, and whatnot, right? And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now you have the space. And I think, mm -hmm. there's, I think there's a lot to be said about the space. Yeah. Um, and being able to dive into your creativity and and also connecting with yourself. Right. Because yeah. that's how you figure out that's how you figure out what you want. And I think a lot of time we have so much going on either digitally when you think about how much more information is coming into our Absolutely. lives. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think this is kind of the thing that I love about the imagery becoming more. Um, I think it's become more dominant, more predominant imagery, yeah. more than yeah. copy. And I, I'm a reader. I love to read. Oh, me too. Like, yeah. But I love the fact that um, there's something more relaxing about sitting down at night and being able to kind of stroll through things like Instagram or Pinterest. And it, yeah, it is it's simpler. Some of, them are some of them are annoying though. Like are if they? it's too much, too fast, it's just like, it's jarring. And I, and I turn it off like TikTok. People are bugging me to get on that platform. And I'm like, no, I don't know if I want to. I mean, I might repurpose what I'm doing with reels and just put it over there and not recreate, you know, different audience and whatnot. But, you know, as soon as it, 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 it can be jarring rather than it be like, you're, you're sitting there and it's nice and calm and you're, it's like reading a book. And then you've got all these different crazy things happening in front of your face. It can be jarring. And I just turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Photography has never when you look at Ansel Adams, like let's just take mm. the yeah. super famous photographer. Yeah. You never tire of looking at his work. No, no, not yeah. at all. And it still invokes after what, I don't know how many, 70 years or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. I'd actually have to say that a couple of my photo heroes uh, would be, do you know Margaret Julia Cameron? Mm, no. No. She was mm, early 1900s went through the, the depression, carried around a four by five documented real life. But for a female to do that in that time, you know, and her work is timeless, it's gorgeous. Um, and modern day, her would be Annie Leibovitz. Yeah. So like those people are my heroes. And I don't wanna say, I don't think Annie was just in the right place at the right time. But, you know, she got in with the Rolling Stones and now she's on, she just does, uh, you know, her work. <laughs> but yeah, I look up to people like that because they, they carved the way for women in photography. And, you know, I think photography has taken, like, it, it took a long time for it to become an art form. And, and even now it's still not really, but there are elements of it you know? Yeah. And I think one of the things I love about your photography too, is that I feel there is a very feminine element to it. Mm. Like I yeah. feel that that's, you know, the way, well, not just the subject matter, but just the way yeah. that you shoot it, you compose it. Yeah. So I want to ask you to leave us with advice, just this, a woman like myself coming in yeah, who is either doing her own, um, branding or she is directing just say she's starting mm -hmm. or she yep. she's directing maybe her uh, virtual assistant or her social media person mm -hmm. 
what does she need to know or remember? She needs to remember who her core values, like really write down your mission statement, your core values. Um, and from there, you can start to choose the elements that align with those core things, you know, who you serve, your product, um, why you're doing it, your why. And why will people like, so once you kind of establish those core things, you can pick your logos and your colors and your, your message, your messaging starts to fall into place. And don't be afraid to ask questions, like reach out to some people. There are people that specialize in just helping you create your brand, like their brand, their brand strategists. And they, and they'll, they don't take the photos. They don't create the logos. They don't do any of that, but they're a strategist that will help you figure out your message, your story, and get you to those places. I mean, they do cost money, but honestly, <laughs> starting in the, on that right foundation will save you tons and tons of time. Because if you kind of whiffle waffle and you do a little bit of this and then you do a little bit of that and then, oh, I don't really quite like that. And then you go over here. All you're doing is making it look like muddy water and it looks like you don't know what you're doing. You know, there, you can change and you can evolve and you can do a brand facelift. I've done it a few times. Um, but once I do it, I leave it alone for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I recently... Uh, rebranded my AMG photo to align with Magnolia and Sage. And the way I made them look like sister companies is I just picked the same colors. The completely different photos and layouts on the websites, but the, I used the same color palette. And, and uh, uh, there's a lot of blues, but I just love blue. So I, and I don't know why, I just love it. So it's part of me extending out to you know, my client, the people, my, my viewers, right. And potential clients. So yeah. I don't know, staying true to yourself, figuring out your message, your core mission statement is, is huge. So, so I just want to, I just want to, I want to tell everybody listening to this, I will put a link to Magnolia and Sage. Perfect. Um, I think that it's really makes life. The reason why I signed up and I, I didn't even know you and I is well, a couple of reasons, but mostly to make my life easier. You know, like, <laughs> like I don't want to have to spend a lot of time going to different things to find different stuff. And because yeah. I'm a service-based woman who serves women, yeah. and that also is a reason why um, your eye yeah. appeal to me. So that's how I base my thing is, does that person's photography speak to me? Yeah. So I'm going to put the link to that. So don't That's worry. That's amazing. And we've also, Magnolia and Sage is kind of, I've, I've started to branch it out as well because your online presence is not just photos anymore. We need to be video clips and we need uh, like templates. Like there's a lot of design elements. So I have started to build a Canva library um, where people can go and take those templates and add their own content, their own like the, they're already preloaded with um, my the photos from the stock library but, and, you know, fonts and whatnot. So they are unique to Magnolia and Sage. They're not replicas of anything you found on Canva. So that in itself helps you stand out from other Canva users because they're a unique design. 
Yeah, um, but yeah, so that's also an easy thing too. It's like you, so you grab a template, you throw your own words in it, your own products, your own messaging, and then export it and you're off to the races. It's not, so to me, it's, a, it's design and photo now. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, this doesn't really have to take that long. You know what no. I mean? Like as I'm listening no. to you, it really just, just pick this, pick what appeals yeah. to you and then stick with it. You know? Yeah, exactly. And I've started using Trello as well. And it's like a sticky note kind of system. So it's like, okay, 25% education, 25% fun stuff. And then, or like it's in thirds, I broke it up into three different pillars. We got sales, education, and just some fun, fun stuff in terms of my social media. And then you kind of litter them throughout the month, throw in some like fun dates, and then you can come up with your social media calendar really quickly for a month. I love it. Oh, that's such good. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's great. <laughs> I, I love it. And, well, with just, and with Trello, it's really easy because it looks like sticky notes on your computer screen and you just write it all down. You can check mark where you've gotten to, whether you wrote your copy, whether you found your images and you put in there and then it look, it's done. And, you know, so, and then you, I, I've started using later as well for my scheduler because they, um, they cover all the bases. LinkedIn, Pinterest, TikTok, Instagram, stories, reels, uh, Facebook. So, and it's, yeah. So you can so schedule, every, you can schedule everything. Yeah. Cause so we sit all down for a couple of days a month, create your content and then schedule it. And then you're not doing it daily. And you know that your message has gotten out there, but you do have to do the, the planning before you do the posting. Uh because that, that helps, it helps keep it clear. Well, I mean, this was a treasure trove of information. I really appreciate well, it. it helped. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And I think, yeah. I think people get overwhelmed with all these terms being thrown at us and you're just trying to kind of focus in on your own work. And then you're like, branding, what's branding? I kind of know what branding means, but you know, but you're, you get it all mixed up. So I appreciate yeah. it so much. And I'm oh, going to share going to share all the information so that people understand where to go and Magnolia Sage and all the other things that you offer. And I highly recommend it. And thank you for also sharing um, the wisdom that you're sharing about your journey, about being well, someone who's a creative entrepreneur and, and uh, the going from self-employment to that as well. It's a big journey. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, miss. Hey, I'm so my pleasure. Glad. This so was glad. awesome. Thank Thanks. you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Belief Alchemy with Megan O'Neill. And before you go, I just want to tell you about a fantastic micro course, a free one that I offer to anyone who wants to go to meganoneal.ca because I'm in Canada slash courses. It's called The Confidence Lab, Own Your Entrepreneurial Expertise. And I created this micro course because I know that there's so many busy women who are ambitious, who want to go to the top of their field. They understand underneath all of the mind trash that there is tremendous potential, but they get caught in their own way. They, they play it small instead of going big and bold. So in this course, I will teach you to understand where you are getting in your way and offer some tools and guidance so that you can be all that you want and reach those income goals. It's what we all want. So go to meganoneal.ca courses. Bye guys, see you next week.